0: Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. I love Christmas because I really do feel like Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. That's, that's why we keep talking to you about the Christmas Eve experience. Because I just think Christmas is awesome, man. Christmas is, like, like this song says, right? Like, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. I get excited when I see commercials about ABC Family's 25 Days of Christmas movies. You know what I mean? Like I get, there's like something in my heart that like flutters a little bit and I get a little excited because I'm thinking, oh, Christmas movies, they're going to be on TV. But we cut the cable, like we cut cables a couple years ago. So for us, it's really like 25 days of Netflix Christmas movies, which, by the way, Netflix needs to pick up their game on the Christmas movies. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't watch, uh, you know, Lifetime Christmas, okay? No offense if you like Lifetime movies, Hallmark movies, no offense. But I can't take little boys' mamas dying and getting a new pair of shoes and all that stuff. Like, I want, I want, like, I This you you may think bad of me, but I want Christmas vacation. I want, you know what I'm saying? I want a laugh. I want a little Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Uh, I want, uh, do what, the Christmas story, which I still haven't seen, or Miracle on 34th Street. But anyway, (laughs) the whole whole crowd like, (gasps) Yeah, I haven't seen either of those. Uh, so I don't... The whole, like, Red Rider BB gun jokes, don't get them at all. Um, anyway, I want Elf. I want Mickey's Christmas Carol. You know what I mean? We watched that the other day, y'all, and I was with my kids and, like, Mickey and, and, and there's Tiny Tim, and then, and then Ebenezer, like, turns his heart around, and it's all in that, like, little 30-minute cartoon movie that's just awesome. Matter of fact, we love Christmas so much in our house. Uh, me and the kids the other day... I don't know if you know this but on netflix uh there is an avengers christmas movie called frost fight it did not win any awards it's terrible but we watched it why because it's christmas man and that's what we do i love christmas lights like i'll drive around my neighborhood and i will secretly judge my neighbors who have not put out christmas lights like what are you doing with your life man come on put the lights out you know or, or, you know, if their lights aren't, if their lights don't look good, like if they're not, uh, you know, if, if they're not straight or if they're just like if you just throw them up there and it's kind of all this jungle mess and stuff, it's like it doesn't look good. So um, I like Christmas food. I really like Christmas food. You know what I'm saying? Like ham. You know, I love Christmas dinner. I love peppermint chocolate chip milkshakes at Chick-fil-A. I had one last night. If you haven't had one this year, you need to do yourself a favor and go tomorrow because you can't get it today. They ain't open. They're closed today, so you got to wait till tomorrow. But you need to get a peppermint chocolate chip milkshake. If you've never had one, trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm leading you in the right direction. You know, you need to get you need to get one. I love Christmas music. I love it when I go to like the mall or the store and the Christmas music is playing. And I know they only play about 10 songs by about 100 different people, but I love it anyway because I'll sing along to every song that comes up. But when we talk about Christmas being the most wonderful time of the year, it's not the most wonderful time of the year because of all that. That's great. That's awesome. But it's not the most wonderful time of year because of what's going on around us. Because, let's just be honest, all right, sometimes, a lot, a lot of times, in fact, what's going on around us is really difficult. <laughs> it's really frustrating because, because Christmas can be incredibly, it, it can be an incredibly difficult time for a lot of people. Um, for, for me personally, uh, Christmas has this little kind of, uh, a, a little tinge of sadness to it. Um, it was It was the Christmas of one thousand nine hundred and ninety eight when my dad disappeared for three weeks and we didn 't know where he was and, and he he missed Christmas, he missed my birthday he came back after the new year, and then after that, my parents got a divorce and so Christmas then became about like well where do I go and and how much time do I spend at this house and and and, and when do I have to make an appearance there so that i don 't get fussed at later and, and Christmas became about about navigating all of that, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you've experienced the same thing. Christmas for you is trying to figure out how to navigate your family that isn't the you know, the, the poster, uh, poster family for like, you know, this is just everything worked right out and it was good. And so and then, and then just a couple of years ago, most of y'all in the room know this, if you were here at Vertical Church, a couple years ago, right before Thanksgiving, my mom passed away. And so now Christmas is, is, a, is a reminder of, of the people in my life that aren't here anymore. And so there's always this little bit of sadness. As happy as I get at Christmas, there's this there's this touch of of oh man, you know, like they're it just that stinks. Christmas can be complicated. Christmas can be really complicated, and we're not aware of, of, of this throughout the year because because our people are spread out. Like we don't have to spend time with with uh, the whole group of people together at once. But but what Christmas does, Christmas compresses the time frame, and you end up spending long stretches of pe- of time with people that you may not get along with. You know what I mean? And so it's complicated. It can get it can get complicated. Christmas. Christmas reminds us that there are problems in our lives that we can't solve. When we look at what's happening around us, when we look at, at what's happening, it, it shows us that there are problems we can't solve, that we have people in our lives that we can't control. As, as hard as we try to, to direct them and, and, and get them headed in the, in, in the, in the right way, we can Can't do it. And Christmas, also, you know, when you get around your family, you're reminded of expectations that they have of you that you have not met. And the truth is, really, if we're just being completely honest, a lot of times I am the problem that I can't solve at Christmas. And if I'm honest, you know, um, I, I am the person who can't be controlled. Uh, If if I'm really kind of just gut level vulnerable this morning, and maybe that's you too. And and, and the reality is I set expectations for people that they'll never meet. And Christmas brings all of that together. See, what Christmas does, Christmas has a way of exaggerating all of the bad parts of our lives, (laughs) And it's the most wonderful time of year, but it it so brings everything into a a hyper-focused reality that we are reminded of everything that's not right. And yet, at the same time, simultaneously, Christmas points to something that is absolutely right, that is absolutely incredible. You see, Christmas is not the most wonderful time of year because of what uh, is happening around us. Christmas is the most wonderful time of year because of what happened. Not what's happening, but what actually happened. You see, Christmas is this whole season that looks forward to this event that changed everything. Something actually happened. God sent his son into the world to be the centerpiece of all history. To be that which, that which turns time around its axis. Christmas became the time when the world centered in on the Son of God. And in fact, maybe even more personally important to you and to me, Christmas uh, reminds us that, that God sent his Son to be the center of our life. Your life. My life. And when we center our lives on his life, all of a sudden our life, which can sometimes be kind of chaotic, becomes stable. Our life, which can be, can be uh, a life of despair, all of a sudden when we center it on this, this, this baby born in this cave in, in, in the Middle East, all of a sudden our life can become hopeful and purposeful. And we might be walking in the middle of great fear, but we have nothing to fear because of what happened. Not because of what's happening, but because of what actually happened. You might be in the middle of the most uh, anxiety-filled season of your life, but Christmas reminds us that you don't have to be anxious. Because not what's happening, but because of what happened. Christmas Christmas shows us that um, that, that, that it's it's not the most wonderful time of year because of of who's around us. Really. Christmas isn't the most wonderful time of year because who is around us. It's because who is for us. That's what Christmas reminds us, that God is for us. In fact, we read that story in the, uh, in the New Testament. The New Testament begins with uh, four uh, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Gospel is really just a fancy name for uh, the, the message, the good news about Jesus Christ. And so uh, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the first three are really similar, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You know, it's kind of like they're all, all looking from the same perspective. But when we, when we read John, we read something different. When we read John, it's like we're reading somebody who's looking at the story from a different perspective, a different angle. Most, most Bible scholars believe that John was probably written last, that Matthew, Mark, and Luke were all written before John wrote it. And so, so most people believe that John was probably a really old man by the time he got around to pinning the stories that would be the gospel of John. I kind of imagine, I don't know this cuz we can't interview John, but I kind of think like John was thinking, you know what? I'm getting old. <laughs> I better write this down. I better write some of this stuff down cuz I don't have a lot of time left and and I want to make sure that these stories about Jesus get passed on because because when you sit at the feet of Jesus Christ, <laughs> When you walked with him for years, when you, when you witnessed, when you were an eyewitness, when you saw the man teach and you heard and watched him heal people, anywhere you go, people want to hear from you. And they just want you to tell them stories. John, tell us about what it was like. John, tell us what you heard. Tell us what you saw. John, we want to hear some stories from you because John had seen and experienced all kinds of awesome things. John had seen and experienced so much that, uh, that, that, that it's just kind of overwhelming to think about, but he had also experienced a lot of loss. Uh, John, we could, we could say that, you know, John had experienced the most wonderful of times, but he had also experienced, by the time he wrote the Gospel of John, he had experienced pain like you and I can't imagine. Think about this for a second. John's an old man. He's watched his friends die. He's watched his friends not just die, but die because of this this man they've given their life to. He's watched his friends be persecuted and beaten and and whipped and imprisoned. He's watched his family get taken away. He's been been removed from them. He's been kicked out. He's been exiled. John, his entire society, really his entire culture has been wiped out. And he's just watching all of this. Happened. John, John was around when the emperor Nero, uh, the Roman emperor Nero, persecuted Christians uh, in, in, in around the 80s, 60s, around that time. Uh, and John watched that as his friends were falsely accused and then imprisoned, beaten, and killed. John, John saw that. John, John was around when Jerusalem, the holy city of God, the, the, the centerpiece of the whole Jewish culture, was surrounded by the Roman army for, for months, and people were starved out of, of, of existence. And over a million Jews were slaughtered by the Roman Empire, and, and thousands were taken into, into slavery. And John saw that. John was a witness to that. John was around when his friends Peter and Paul were both both executed. Through all all of this, through the good times and the bad times, John never loses faith. Check this out. This is how he ends his story in John chapter 20, verses uh, 30 and 31. Check this out. He says this. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. In other words, he says, I've just given you a taste of what Jesus did. There's so much more I could tell you about who Jesus is and what he did and how how he taught and and, and what he said, but but I haven't haven't been able to put them all down. This is, what I've given you is just a a glimpse, just a a snapshot of who Jesus is. And then he says this, verse 31. He says, uh, but these, the stories that I've written down, the gospel of John, these are written that you may believe That Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. John says, listen, I've come to the end of collecting all of these stories, and I've, I've written it down. I'm just telling you what I saw, what I witnessed, and I'm not doing it because I want you to be impressed. I'm not doing it because I want you to be amazed. I'm not doing it because I want you to think I'm really cool. Look what I saw. Look what I got to be a part of. No, no, no. He says, I'm doing it so that you may... Believe in Jesus Christ. And when you believe, he says, he says, he says, when you believe, you have life. And not just not physical life, because you, if you're reading this, obviously you're alive, right? So he's not talking about physical life. He's talking about a, a different kind of life. In spite of everything that John had seen, in spite of, of all of the, of the suffering and the pain and the, and the joy, and, and in spite of all of that, John comes to the end of his life and he says, I still believe that Jesus is the source of some kind of life. Something special. Something that goes beyond normal. John says, when, when, when he opens it, in fact, when he begins his when he begins his gospel, John John doesn't begin with the birth story. Isn't that weird? Like, think about it. Okay, you may not know this about John. John was, was the one at the cross where Jesus said, "Hey, you see my mom? Take care of her." Right? He tells John, he says, John, I want you to take care of my mama. So uh, tradition tells us that Mary goes off with John and she lives with him and he takes care of her for years until she dies. So if, those of you who are moms in the room, you know how many times you've told the, the story of your, your child being born, right? Imagine Mary. <laughs> you know John heard that story. How many times did she tell him? Over and over, John heard that story, but he doesn't start there. He doesn't begin. When you open up the Gospel of John, he doesn't begin with, with, with shepherds or, or, or Mary or angels or Joseph or Herod or an N. He doesn't, he doesn't even mention any of that stuff. When John begins, John begins with the significance of who Jesus is. He says, says, before I get to any miracle stories, and I've got a bunch of them to tell you, before I get to any of Jesus' teaching, before I tell you about the cross and the tomb, before any of the details, John says this. John chapter 1, verse 4. He says this. He says, in him, him being Jesus, he says, in him was life. John John is trying to put into words with all the time and perspective that he's had now he's had decades to to, to think and and and, and contemplate his experience and, and his relationship with Jesus and so he's he's starting this this story and, and he's thinking okay with everything i got i got i got i got to introduce this story good and so with everything that i've seen how I, I don't want to talk about Jesus and he says well in him was life now not again not just Physical life, right? So much, so much more. When I when I think about Jesus, John says, when I think about it, the best, the best, the best way I can put it is that in Him was life. Then he goes on to say this. He he says this. He says, and that life was the light of all humankind. Now this is an astounding statement. You may not get this right offhand, but this is an amazing. Thought because when Jesus showed up, people were looking for a Jewish Messiah. They were not looking for a human Savior. When Jesus showed up, people thought what he was doing was regional. When when Jesus showed up, people thought he was a nationalistic leader sent to sent to uh, bring the nation of Israel back up to prominence. It was just a continuation of the old testament story that God was going to restore the, the, the kingdom of, of Israel. But John looks back and he says you know what when, when I think about Jesus, when Jesus came, he didn't just come for us. He didn't just come for the Jews. He didn't just come for those in and around Bethlehem or or Jerusalem or or in in Judah. He, he didn't just come for those of us in this region, John, John says, in him was life, and the life was the light of all. And he's like, what? It was everybody. <laughs> yes. When Jesus came, John says, Jesus came for everyone, he brought light to all people. In fact, in fact, John was there in the in the book of Acts when when Jesus uh, Jesus resurrected, right? And, and, and in the book of Acts, the very first chapter, they're asking Jesus. They said, "Jesus, is this the time you're going to, uh, you know, restore the kingdom uh, back back to Israel?" And Jesus says, "You don't need to think about that. You don't need to think about that. That's beyond your pay grade. Listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this message to every." nation to every ethnic group because Jesus says this isn't a Jewish thing this is a human thing so John is reflecting all of that and he says you know what in him was life and that life was the light of all humankind and then he says this in verse 5 the very next verse he says the light what light the light of all humankind the light shines in the darkness and the darkness is not. And then he paused. You know, I don't. I don't know if he really paused, but let's just let's just think about that. One. He paused and he's thinking. He's like, the the, the light shines in in, in in the darkness. And I've I've lived through a lot of darkness. You know, maybe he's thinking about the darkness that's around him, the darkness that we couldn't imagine, the darkness of, of all of his friends who had died or been enslaved or been, been held captive. Or maybe he's thinking about the darkness when the temple was just decimated and laid waste. Or maybe he's thinking about the darkness when when, 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 the, when the Roman Empire started to started to, to, to uh, persecute uh, Christians and, and calling them out and falsely accused. Maybe he's thinking about that darkness and he's thinking, you know, the light shines in this dark world. But then he thinks, you know what? As hard as the darkness is tried. He he says this. He says, light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not. And then he says this. He says, overcome it. Think, yeah. think, think about that for just a second. Think about what John is saying here. He's saying as hard as the darkness has tried to put out the light, as hard as the darkness has tried to imprison the light, as hard as the darkness has tried to kill the light, tried to seize the light, tried to capture the light, tried to tried to blow the light out, he says it has not overcome the light. And that gives me confidence, man, because it shows me that as hard as the world around you, the darkness that you walk in today tries to blow the light of Christ out, it can not overcome it. Think about that, man. Think about what John is saying when he says the darkness has not overcome the light. And at this point, John was probably the last living apostle. The last one who had, who, had, who had been that close with Jesus. Peter, he's dead. Paul, he's dead. Andrew, he's gone. And I imagine, again, I don't, we don't know this for certain, but I kind of imagine John is this old man and he's, he's grinning while he's writing it because he's got a little bit of arrogance to him because he's seen a lot. He's grinning and he's thinking, man, in spite of everything this world has tried to do, in spite of all, everything that the Jewish religious leaders have tried to do, In spite of everything that Rome has tried to do. In spite of shipwrecks and and exiles. And in spite of snake bites. And in spite of villagers turning on us. In spite of them throwing rocks at us. In spite of the stonings. In spite of all of it. Caesar couldn't do it. Caiaphas couldn't do it. The teachers of the law couldn't do it. They couldn't extinguish the light they killed jesus and that didn't do it and so he's thinking he's kind of he's kind of getting a little happy right because remember this is the same john who raced to the tomb and saw the tomb empty he didn't go in peter went in and then john went in and he and he and then and then later this is the same guy who ate breakfast with jesus on the beach he says man the darkness is tried it is raged It has been violent. It has given us everything it could give us, but it has not won. And the way I want to kick this series off is I want to tell you no matter what you're facing today, no matter what the darkness looks like in your life, no matter how dark it gets in your life, John reminds us that the darkness does not overcome. The light. You might be be walking through an extremely fearful situation right now. And and it feels like like you're in Psalm 23, right? That that though you walk through the dark. John says, it doesn't overcome it. It doesn't win. No matter how painful the heartache that you feel at Christmas, no matter how... Deep the depression that you feel yourself sliding into. John says there is a light that shines so brightly that the darkness, no amount of darkness can overcome, can overwhelm, can put it out. It might be, you might be walking through the darkness of a failing marriage right now. And you're heading into Christmas. The darkness is raging. John says there's a light that shines darkness you might be you you might be you might be going the place where you work might be a place of darkness your ship or your office or your route wherever, wherever you work you might walk in there and you like you walk in there and you feel like there's just a dark cloud over that place john says that the darkness cannot overcome the light of jesus you might be getting ready to spend time with family members. Christmas time, family parties, family dinners, family get-togethers. And maybe your family is not a family of light. Maybe your family is a family of darkness. And you're nervous and you're you're wondering, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do that. John says, you don't have to worry and you don't have to fear because there is a light that overcomes every amount of darkness that you can walk into. You might be walking in a season of darkness in depression. John wants you to hear this. The darkness has not overcome it. You see, at Christmas, it's true. We are confronted with problems that we cannot solve. As hard as we try, sometimes, sometimes the problem is us, sometimes the problem is other people and we're trying to solve it and we can't do it. And, it's, and it can be frustrating and, and annoying and difficult and it feels like the darkness is gaining ground. Sometimes Christmas is that time where it reminds us that, that there are people that we can't control and no matter how rational we are, we cannot get them to see the logic that we have. Christmas, it's true, man. Christmas, we we are confronted with expectations that we can't meet, that we'll never rise up to. And as soon as we step into that house, we know how people are, are are looking at us and what they're thinking. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of that darkness, in the midst of, of, of all of that difficulty, in the midst of all of that turmoil, there's one thing I want you to remember, one thought that I don't want you to leave today uh, without without kind of just... Cementing in your mind, and it's this right here. You see it on the screen with me. Jesus is life and light who overcomes the darkness, the darkest places of your life. So what that means is, what that means is, there's always hope. There's there's always hope. You have a reason to believe. You have a reason to to wake up in the morning and take your next step because there is a God who hears your prayers and who will answer you and who has shown light into the darkest places of your life. John says that light cannot be defeated. That light has never been. Lost, so you have a reason to believe that your best days are ahead of you because the light is still shining. You have a reason to believe that, 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 that what's happening around you doesn't have to affect what's happening in you because the light of Christ is still shining in the world, not because of what's happening, but because of what happened. Not because of what's going on around you, but because of what happened. Because in him, John says, is life. And in him is the light of all humanity. And as hard as the darkness has tried, as hard as, as, as the darkness has raged and, and waged war against the light... The darkness has not overcome it. Not then, not now, and not ever. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, we come here today, God, and some of us may in fact feel like the light is almost extinguished. And uh, God, our, our life is not nearly as dark as what John's was. We recognize that, but uh, still, we, we feel like we are walking in that season, we feel like we're walking in that place. I just pray this morning that in this Christmas time, this, for this Christmas season, God, that we would not lose sight that there is a Savior who is our light and who has brought us life. This morning as we're, as we're closing out and getting ready to uh, transition and move to the next part of our worship experience and gather our stuff and, and go home, I don't, I don't want to move beyond this moment without giving you an opportunity to receive that light. That's what John's going to talk about in the next few lines of John chapter 1, that to all who received this light, who received Jesus he gave the right to be called sons and daughters of God and if you're here this morning and you feel like your life is is in darkness and you feel like you need some light to shine in the dark places of your life would you just would you do what John tells us to do and just would you receive him this morning how do you how do you receive Jesus, how do you receive the light, Pastor Josh? Here's what you do. You, you, You tell him, you pray, you say, Jesus, I receive you. Come into my life. Shine your light into my heart. I surrender my life to yours. I want the life that you bring, that John talked about. In him was life. I want that life. If that's you this morning, would you, just, would you just pray that prayer? I can give you words, you can make up your own, but the, the, real, kind of, the real power of that moment is to, is to recognize that you're speaking to God himself. You're just asking, Lord, at Christmas, we talk, we talk and all the focus is about how Jesus came into the world. Today I want Jesus to come into my life today I want Jesus not Jesus was was born in in, in a cave and today I want him to be born in my heart born in my life and you may not fully understand all of the theology behind that and and the metaphysical reality and all of the things that happen that's That's for another time. That's for your growth to to happen as you continue to take your next steps with Jesus and you grow in your, your, your knowledge and you grow in your obedience to him. All of that stuff gets revealed to you. Your first step, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Would you take that step this morning? If that's you, Jesus, I receive you into my life. I receive your life and I surrender my own. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing at Christmas time, not only in our church, but in churches all over the world where people are coming to know you, to know your life, to see your light. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing not only here, but what you're going to do as we leave this place and tell others about you. And bring them to see and experience the same light and life that we have. It's in your name that we pray. Everybody said, Amen. 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 I look forward to seeing you next week as we continue Let There Be Light. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv